today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith The Lord broke out against my enemies. He said, the Lord sent that sound of the marching through the mulberry trees. See, the victory is not in us. It's with Him. The same God who is with David is with you. The same God who gave Israel the victory in the past is the God who gives His children the victory today. That's our faith. That's our confidence. That's our trust. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and It's important that we always give credit to God when we experience triumphs in our lives. During times like these, do you revel in the wonderful circumstances and flattering accolades, or are you quick to hand over praise to the Lord? Pastor Ed reminds us today that we accomplish nothing without the Lord. His hand is in everything we do. The victory is never in us. It's always in the Lord. Our God is always with us, so we should always honor His name for the good things He's done for us. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. not be talking about Jerusalem being the city of God. All of those memories that would surround that city, all of those triumphs, all of those stories would have been lost to history. This was a significant battle, an incredible battle. But see, God wanted David to accomplish something significant, and he wants you to do the same thing. He wants you to do the same thing. Maybe not geographically, but spiritually. There is a Jerusalem. There is a spiritual conquest. There is something there that God is saying to you, I want you to go forward. I don't want you to go backward. I want you to go ahead. I don't want you to retreat. David is going to listen to the voice of God. And because he does, Jerusalem is going to be the religious capital of the whole nation. It's going to unify the nation. Had he used Hebron where he had been, the northern tribes would have been isolated and felt slighted. Jerusalem was right on the border of Judah and it was in the territory of Benjamin. And they, as a united front, went forward and captured that city. And it united them. It was sort of full circle. When you wind up doing the supernatural through the power of the Spirit, there are incredible consequences that last for eternity. There are some things that you and I do that will be gone with time. The sands of time will wash them away in oblivion. But there are some things that we do that will live beyond us and last for all eternity. I often think about the missionary Kirby Ryle. He's been here, spoken here. When he went to Russia 
And he was looking for a translator. There he found Alex. Alex wasn't a believer. He didn't know Christ as Lord and Savior. And as Alex would translate just to learn some English, just maybe to earn some money, slowly that word began to sink and settle in his heart so that he accepted Christ as his Savior. And his whole destiny was changed. And here we are being impacted at Faith Assembly. There's some things that we do that outlive us and outlast us and go into eternity. The work with young people, the work with older people, the work with those who hear the gospel and respond, that counts for not just the moment, but for all eternity. There was spiritual significance. There's going to be a day that you and I are going to live in that city that David conquered. Yes, God's going to make it new. But in Revelation, we're told, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride for a husband. We're going to live in that city, that new Jerusalem. We were prepared in eternity past to do good works, Ephesians tells us. We were created for those things. Do the thing that you were created to do. You connect with God and walk in faith. There's a city that you and I must live for. A city whose builder and maker is the Lord. And as we live for that, and as we look at eternity, and as we look not just in the moment for the future, God will do incredible things that will literally outlive us. I like Psalm 90 verse 17. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Lord, what I've done for you, God, what I'm doing for you, God, what you planned, establish thou the work of our hands. Some things will be blown away in a puff of smoke. They'll be gone and incinerated when this world is consumed in judgment. But there are some things that will live far beyond time into eternity. See, David had a sanctified determination. Paul, let that sanctified determination rest in your heart, reside in your heart, and you'll have a successful, really a significant achievement. God is going to do something else. The text is real clear. God established his servant. Are you a servant of the Lord? I hope you see yourself as that way. I hope you see yourself as one of his children. And you have that relationship with him because that's all significant. Here David is and God establishes him. In verse 10 of chapter 5 it says, And he became more and more powerful. And the Lord God Almighty was with him. What's happening here is the biblical writer is drawing a contrast between Saul and between David. Saul grows weaker and weaker. David grows stronger and stronger. Saul grows weaker and less and less 
like himself. When Saul began, he was filled with humility. He was awed and overwhelmed by God's sovereign choice of him. But slowly and surely and steadily, he decided he was going to do his will, not God's will. David, in contrast, wants to do the will of God. He's a man after God's own heart. His heart is set on doing what God's heart wants done. Oh, be that way. Put God's agenda first, and he'll take care of yours. Put God's agenda before anything else. Live for an audience of one. Live for an audience of one that God has seen and watching and he knows. See, that was the difference between David and Saul. David had set his heart on listening, obeying, and God established him. Saul had to be reproved, rebuked, and corrected by the prophet Samuel. Saul... Don't you know that obedience is better than sacrifice? To obey God is what God wants. David had the attitude, speak, Lord, speak. You see it in his prayers. You see it in his lifestyle. Maybe it was when Samuel the prophet laid hands on David. And Samuel's mantle just sort of fell on David in some ways. For Samuel, from a young child, would say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so you see David again and again and again listening. Now, Eugene Peterson takes verse 10 and gives an interesting translation. The Hebrew can say this. The Hebrew really could convey this. Listen to what he says, or the message translation David proceeded with a longer stride, a larger embrace. If you look at chapter 5 in the beginning, when the people from the northern tribe come to David and say, David, we want you to be our king, they don't say the word king. They say, we want you to shepherd and to be our prince or ruler. Maybe they just had enough of what a king was all about the oppressive reign of Saul, the overbearing reign of Saul. Eugene Peterson, a longer stride, a larger embrace. David, you are on the margins. You are on the outside. You know what it's like to be a fugitive. You know what it's like to be poor. You know what it's like to be on the run. You know what it's like to be rejected. You know what it's like to be hurt. Now, David, we're putting you center stage. You're king. David, don't let it change you like it changed Saul. There are some things that change us. Now, they can change us for the good or for the worse. They can change us for the better. Or we, like Saul, could deteriorate. Suffering 
how we handle it, how we deal with it, could make us or cripple us. Blessing can either strengthen us or can pull us apart. David, don't become a Middle Eastern despot. David, don't now become power-hungry and power-driven. Here's the passage. Listen again to the words. There's so much in it in verse 12. And David knew that the Lord had established him. David knew it was God that placed him, that God was working in him, that God had saved him. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Some of you know that it wasn't by your own strength that you were saved. It wasn't by your own goodness that you came into the kingdom. It was the gracious hand of Almighty God who lifted you up and lifted you out and took you out of that miry clay and set you on a rock to stay. See, David knew that he didn't get there by himself. And David said this, and David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and exalted his kingdom. Here's the key. Why? For the sake of his people Israel. Pastoral staff, we are not here for ourselves. It's not about us. It's about the people. Deacons and elders, we're not here for ourselves, for a position. It's about serving the people. And David recognized that God put him there and God placed him there for the good of the people. And when we have that type of heart and we say, Lord, God, you've blessed me with this or you've blessed me with that or God, you've given me this, you've given it not for myself but for the good of God's people. David was going to grow. He wasn't going to wither in his soul. Yes, he had dark days and cloudy nights. He had times where he shocks us. But overall, his heart grew with compassion towards even those who rejected him during his fugitive years. There was grace that he reached out. He remembered his promises to Jonathan. He remembered Melchizedek. He remembered those who were outcasts. You see, David didn't forget where God brought him from. And that's what happens in, in someone who God is working in. Thomas More said, no man ever lost anything by serving God with a whole heart or gained anything by serving him with half a one. You got to give him everything. Write this down, underline it, put it in your Bible. It's God that gives the victories. He establishes the victories. It's not the strength of your hands. It's not the wisdom of your mind. It's not in your own abilities. In 1 Peter, the apostle speaks to the church and says, After you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen and establish you. I love that. Strengthen and establish. Here David is. He's defeated the Jebusites. He's strengthening the city. He's building there. Is the enemy happy? No. 
Make progress in God and you will disturb the powers of darkness. Go forward in God and do his will. And the enemy is going to oppose you. The country's unified. It's growing. And guess what happens? The Philistines. The Philistines decide to come against David. And David has learned long, long, long time ago. God, show me what to do. And he prays. It's found in verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, go, for I'll surely hand the Philistines over to you. That's what David had to do. That's our part to pray, to get on our knees. And there's the sequence. He asks, And then he listens, and then he trusts, and then he obeys. You ask, and then you listen, and then you trust, and then you obey. And God says, you go against him. His force is small at this time. It's not a large army, and the Philistines are more powerful, but he listens to God. John Blanchard said, to pay the price of obedience is to escape the cost of disobedience. Obedience always, always changes things. David's going to obey. The circumstances are against him. But what's going to happen? God intervenes. Something phenomenal happens. This small army breaks through the Philistine army and sets them running. And as they're running, they drop their precious idols. Chronicles tells us a parallel passage about that. And I like the way Chronicles reads. First Chronicles 14, 11. David says, as waters break out, God has broken against my enemies by my hand. Listen to it. As waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies By my hands. What happened is God just like a mighty river that's overflowing. That's going through a valley. That's sweeping through the pass. And it pulls up the trees, the houses, all the debris that's in the way. And it washes it clean. You may feel like there's an army coming against you. You may feel like the enemy has come against you with all sorts of discouragements, all sorts of fears, all sorts of anxiety, and it's like a giant army shouting out you. Let the Lord break out against it. Let the Lord overcome your enemy. The battle is the Lord's. Say it with me, church. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. I think of the words that God says in Isaiah chapter 45. He says, I go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. Now the Philistines are not going to give up, but guess what? Now David's getting a larger army. They're rallying behind him. He has 30,000 men. 
And the Philistines are coming again. Now, David could have gone out in his own confidence. He could have said, you know, that first time it worked really well. I'm going to follow plan A. Worked out pretty good. David doesn't do that. Again, he bends his knees. He seeks God's wisdom and guidance. And he said, God, what's the game plan? And God tells him. God speaks to him in verses 23 to 24. David inquires of the Lord. Do I go straight up? What do I do, Lord? How do I? And God says, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them. Attack them in front of the mulberry trees. That's the way the King James. I like that version. Here's David. God said, I want you to hang out by the mulberry trees. And so the troops said, what are we doing at the mulberry trees here? You know? And all of a sudden, they begin hearing. Can you hear it? Ah, God's surround sound is better than that. You hear this marching of heaven's armies where God is sending the troops ahead of David. God is sending the troops ahead of Israel. And the enemy, the power of the Philistines is broken They're never going to be the same trouble they were to Israel. They're never going to be that constant torment. See, God's going to give a victory. The victory belongs to the Lord. Picture with me. David's off the scene now. Well, better yet, let's bring him into faith assembly. David, we're glad you're here. Now that you're here, we could have some real victories. You know, you defeated Goliath. You defeated the Philistines. You're amazing, David. You've got to be kidding me. Didn't you read the text, Pastor? It says, the Lord broke out against my enemies. It said, the Lord sent that sound of the marching through the mulberry trees. See, the victory is not in us. It's with him. The same God who is with David is with you. The same God who gave Israel the victory in the past is the God who gives his children the victory today. That's our faith. That's our confidence. That's our trust. So when you come up against the wall and you feel like, I can't make it. Oh, he can. He gives the victory. He'll establish the victory in your life. When you feel like, oh, I don't know if I could go another day. I don't know if I could make another week. I don't know if I have strength to go through another circumstance like I've gone through. Ah, just wait on the Lord. Remember what David said. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Oh, an army march against me. I will not succumb. Believer, stand with David. And don't just stand with David. Let David's God stand with you. Hallelujah. Let the enemy be put to flight. We're not leaning on the arm of flesh. We're not leaning on human arms. We're leaning on the everlasting arms. So when you go into a political arena, and in that political arena, they're all anti-faith, anti-God. They have forsaken the God of our country. You'll say at that moment, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he's going to give me strength. When you're challenged in college or in high school, when you're challenged in the workplace, where you feel like you need to give up, 
up and compromise the get ahead. And you say, no, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm not going to lean on the arms of flesh. You just start singing. We hope you've been blessed by Dr. Edward Jones' study on the life of David and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join with you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There, you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. By getting plugged in with a local church, you'll also be able to bless others around you by sharing your unique gifts. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, We welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com and click on Back to the Home page. That's all the time we have for today. But join us next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed shares more from the captivating life of David. Your word restores.